You're listening to Irish Radio Candle at Home and Abroad, and uh, we are in 2022, which is 100 years after the foundation and the formation of the Irish state. Um, now, 1916 was when the uh, rebellion happened, and between 1916 and 1922, uh, there were negotiations, there was a variety of uh, political events that occurred, but 1922 was set down as the date where uh, officially the establishment of the what was Sears thought and here and then I guess or the free state later to become the Republic of Ireland and um, Raymond Keogh has uh, spent a lot of time uh, researching, studying, analysing history around what it means to be Irish and how we as a people uh, have evolved and uh, Raymond is a graduate of the University College Dublin and he became a community extension officer for the UN in Central America during the 1970s and his extensive experience in tropical forestry, particularly with the teak, uh, high-grade hardwood, his uh, involvement with local communities and his uh, marriage into a Salvadorian society. His first has his first-hand knowledge of a range of world cultures and his lifetime dedication to understanding his own family's complex social history became the ideal blend in which he developed the concept of our common and our universal identity. And uh, I've spoken with Raymond before and we've talked about Irish identity, but given, as I say, we're in 1922, uh, that's all the, when the Constitution of, the, of Ireland was penned and signed. And uh, one of the topics that uh, Raymond has discussed and talk, considers very important is Catholicism and the 1922 Constitution. And today we're going to have a chat about that. Raymond, thanks a million, first of all, for coming back and great to see you. Um, and uh, deeply rooted, and I know that uh, the... Uh, constitution was very heavily influenced in every respect by the Catholic Church. You take it from there, Philistine. Yeah, well, um, what is what is really interesting about that is that the there were kind of two relevant constitutions. The first was the 1922, and the the other one was a follow up. The the uh, the 1937 constitution and they were quite they were quite different in in several respects uh the committee that was drafting the first constitution the 1922 constitution um they wanted to produce as short and simple a document as as possible with as few uh, directive principles as possible. In other words, not to tie people down uh, in an uncertain future. They they didn't really know what they were getting into in the in the free state, as it were. Um, and uh, when it came to Catholicism, they really uh, didn't give the Catholic Church uh, a prominence at all. But they did deal in Article 8 with the, um, with religion. And I think they did, they, they dealt with it very fairly in that they were, uh, they, they were trying to make sure that all religions would be, um, regarded equally and that there was no bias or there was no favoritism 
uh, on the part of the government. Now, that was completely different to the constitution that came later, the, the 1937 constitution, which was uh, the drafters decided to enshrine a substantial amount, a substantial amount of directives, um, directive principles, I mean, um, there's, okay, there were, the values at that stage were held by many Irish citizens, but um, they gave the Catholic Church a, a, a prominent position. And uh, the difference really between the two constitutions is expressed in a, in, in a, a, a succinct way that uh, in the 1922 constitution, there was an act of British government and a passive Catholic Church, whereas in the, the 1937 constitution, there was a, a passive British government and an act of uh, uh, Catholic Church. And as a result, as I say, the, the, there were a lot of uh, directive principles um, brought into that constitution, and that has caused a lot of problems in present-day Ireland. Raymond, I, I presume, I, I, did you mean there an active Irish government and a passive Irish government? Uh, you mentioned British uh, as for 19... Well, uh, yes, but the British did have a, uh, a role and they were actually looking into what, what, what was happening in Ireland. There was this, they were still sort of there or thereabouts. Um, and certainly in, uh, at the beginning... In 1922, they were very, very uh, present, if you like. Right. Now, in 1922, at the foundation of the state, um, the number of non-Catholics who would have been involved in the movement to help create Ireland was somewhat significant, and their roles within government was also significant. So would that have played into how the 1922 constitution would have been constructed? It may have, uh, but I think the, I, I, I think the overriding uh, view was that they wanted neutrality. They didn't want, they, they wanted to make sure that religion was dealt with fairly. But you could be right. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure that certainly the, the, uh, the Protestant element was very, very small, but very influential at the same time. That's, that's very true. Now, how much that uh, sort of bled into the Constitution, I'm not sure. I think that's a, it's a very interesting question. So then, while we are focusing on the 1922 Constitution, you're telling me that it was only 15 years later. And 15 years is very short in a period in history. Um, you know, you're you're looking at no more than a little over two presidential reigns in Ireland, where a president is for seven years. Uh, that there was a redrafting of a constitution. Um, what I find curious is why there would have been a need for such a radical, or what what drove such a radical rewrite. Well, I think personally, the situation was quite different. Uh, after all, De Valera and Michael Collins were both present 
um, and active around that time, around the time of the 1922 Constitution. Uh, Michael Collins had, had uh, died um, actually before the, the, the first Constitution was in place, and then De Valera took over, and he was of quite a different uh, outlook and would have been in favour of uh, pushing the, 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 the Catholic view quite um, uh, quite vociferously, I think. And it was probably De Valera that um, really was behind the, the 1937 Constitution and so, the Catholic uh, view that was in it. So then the... In the intervening 15 years as well, attitudes must have changed within Ireland uh, because in order to uh, present a new constitution to an electorate, um, and at that stage it would have, um, the electorate would, I I presume, have developed a a sense of identity themselves, um, that the work that would have been going on and not quite behind the scenes, but on at a, uh, uh, an influential level by the church, must have been quite strong over that 15-year period. Yes, I, I believe so. But um, I, I, I think we shouldn't estimate, as I, as I said, De Valera and the influence that he had in the country. And he was a very um, he was a very influential figure. And did carry a lot of weight. And of course, at that stage, the, the civil war was behind us. And, uh, the whole question about the North, etc. was, was, uh, in place. And there was a lot of tension in that, in that respect. But I think as well as that, people were sort of finding, uh, you know, realizing this is, we, we are actually independent now, or we're, we're gaining more and more independence from, from Britain. And uh, we're, we're, we're sort of, I suppose, the echoes of, of Patrick Pierce and the and the uh, the Gaelic Irish, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, was coming more to the fore. So the, uh, De Valera again would have encouraged that kind of thinking, and uh, the Catholic Church, of course, would have seen that. Well, this was uh, I, I don't say carte blanche, but certainly. Uh, the the movement was there towards um, gaining a lot more of a foothold than in 1922. Raymond, your um, a lot of your work and and your um, passion under the term Irish identity, and as such, when you look at a constitution in 1922, 1937, and then you go back to pre-1916. Um, does, I, does identity change within the human being where when the surrounding environment in which they find themselves changes radically? That's, that's a really... Um interesting question because what you're touching on there is what what do we mean by identity and the normal reading of identity is um is how what how we think or who who we think we are on the personal level who do i uh, believe that i am um 
it's it's more or less my own perspective of myself, uh, self identity, if you like, and at the collective level or the or the national level, it's more the view of who do we think we are as a as a people. Now that's very different from the uh, the original definition of of identity, which is um, on a personal level, it's what in me or you or whoever is the same at all times and under all circumstances. Um, and at a at a national or a group level, what in us is the same at all times or on, on under all circumstances? And really, when when you look at the perspective, the 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 perspective of the self. Are the perspective of the group, the the nation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The whole thing is change and constant change, because if you take one single life, I mean my my own life or your life, and you look back uh, twenty, thirty years, and you're thinking, um, I didn't think as I I think now. I, I was I was a completely different individual from my kind of thought perspective. Similarly, when you look back a hundred years ago and you think about what Ireland was at that stage and uh, the radical changes it has gone under subsequently. I mean, if if you brought somebody from 1916 and, uh, you know, you listen to their conversations in the GPO or uh, at, at, the, at the eve of, of independence, and you were to bring a, a, a group to discuss with us um, what their views were and what our views are, they wouldn't be able to credit how different things are in this country. It, it's a completely different uh, landscape for, for, for them. And likewise, when we look back, it's a lot of, I think even younger people find it difficult to understand the outlook of the of the 1920s um so yes identity in the in the sense of perspectives change but identity is a different thing and that's the the basis of the work i'm doing and it goes back to the kind of philosophical question about what is identity at the personal level and the collective or the group level but then is that not to some degree an elusive concept? Um, it's not. Because uh, you might say, well, what in me is the same at all times and under all circumstances? Now, I suppose back in the 1920s, we, we didn't know and there is such a thing in, the, in philosophy um, as the ship of Theseus. And that is that Theseus was a, a, a Greek hero and he brought his boat to Athens and it was stored um, and given a hero's, uh, he was given a hero's welcome. And the boat had gone through so many episodes, etc., that the people wanted to preserve it. So they 
put it into a, a dry dock and they found, well, you know, um, after a couple of years, you'd have a board here was rotting or another board was rotting. And then they changed the board. So the philosophers looking at this were saying, well, now, the more you change the boards, uh, the, 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 the diff, more different the boat is. And in fact, is it the same boat? Uh, uh, after several changes or even changes of the whole uh, structure um, is it the same boat and you can ask the, the, the exact same question about us and like our body chemicals are changing constantly so how can we be the same person at all times and under all circumstances now uh, it was in the 1950s that the um, the discovery of DNA came about. And uh, to make a long story short, it was discovered that DNA, our, our DNA sequences are the same at all times and under all circumstances, right from the beginning, from the zygote stage in the womb, right to the end of life. So we do have a base for a real definition uh, or a real um, uh, uh, concurrence with the original definition that we are the same at all times and under all circumstances in our DNA. Now, when it comes to the nation and the group, uh, again, we, 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 we're, we're looking back and we see an enormous amount of change from uh, the 1920s right to the present day and uh, just around the 70s, the 1970s a, 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 a huge um, change occurred and questioned really all that came before so the, uh, the, the, the standard kind of um, and in the case we're talking about Catholicism etc was all questioned and people decided, no, we're, we're, we're now entering a new society. We're different. Yet we still call us ourselves Irish. But, but we're under no way are we the same as we were before. So the whole, the question then becomes, well, what is Irish identity? How do we define it? What, in what way are we the same at all times and under all circumstances? And here is where it gets quite difficult because uh, there is nothing in the the uh, the Irish identity, kind of the Irish perspective, that is the same, and therefore it it, it breaks down. Uh, there is no such thing in reality as Irish identity that can be defined in those succinct terms. So, in effect, it is what it is an elusive concept to some degree. Uh, Yes, the perspective is an elusive concept. But when it comes to um, looking at what is identity on a human level, then we're at the point where um, the only thing that remains the same or the, the, uh, the issue that is common to us all at all times is the human reproduction. We all uh, uh, come from human reproduction. We may be agents of reproduction ourselves, 
But this is the constant that actually defines us. But uh, that definition means that the whole of humanity is identified together. And you can't divide uh, humanity into um, discrete segments that are, in other words, different from each other. Uh, and the repercussions of this kind of view are, ex- they are enormous. Because, uh, again, one has got to remember that reproduction, human reproduction is based on, on human DNA. And, uh, uh, it impacts on things like our culture, our heritage, etc., etc. And when you, when you kind of delve into this subject and we're saying, well, you can't have discrete, uh, units or divisions within humanity, then we realize that actually there is only one basic culture in, in humanity. It is, it is divided into cultural appendic, appendices and that those have developed through history. But uh, an our, our Irish, uh, the, 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 the Irish appendage, if you like, um, is one of, one of those. But there is no division between that and other appendages where we, we, we kind of flow. Uh, uh, um, our cultures are so intertwined, so interlinked that we can't say, well, there's the division. There are no divisions. So, in effect, the human identity, um, which is the common identity for us all, uh, that literally what I'm hearing to some degree is that the Irish identity is no more than a slight flavor of the human uh, human identity, as would be the case with any other cultural group. Um, and what I find interesting in, in what you've been saying as well as I, I sat in and listened on a, a um, another voices um, session about a year or so ago and they talked about the 17% and the 17% was the 17% of Irish who emigrated but now in Ireland 17% of the population are immigrants yes. and that's, that's this 17% uh, was um, uh, changing uh, and Effected change within what would be identity to many degrees. Co- correct, uh, but then on the wider scale, uh, <clears throat> on that human scale in which um, we're talking about human reproduction is the base of our identity. Then, <coughs> sorry, we're forced to view those who are coming into the to Ireland, not as being of a different uh, group that will change our identity. No, they are a different group that actually um, change our our outlook of what it what it means to be Irish on a on a day to day basis. Um, now, I, I, I have uh, a, a personal experience of this because I married into. Um, uh, the uh, Central American culture, and 
I, I, my family, therefore, is not Irish in the sense that it is pure Irish on both sides. It's Irish Salvadorian. And, uh, but in the context of human identity, it's, it, it, it is only, uh, a more complex, um, model in which, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the cultural, my cultural, uh, side is added to by another culture that has, that has come in. But there is no division between, between us in the sense that uh, we are we are all one culture, but there we we are in this family two cultural appendices together, and uh, you extend that out to all of the uh, the um, immigrants into Ireland, and you find that well that is exactly the same uh, uh, position for them. They are not outsiders; they are as as us, but they are adding to. Um, the cultural color of the country, in, in literal terms, if you like. Um, so, so, Raymond, we're getting we're, yeah, we're getting to that time of the year when, globally, um, the Irish uh, identity is recognised or seen in one form or another, whether it be in Chicago, where they turned the, the canal or whatever green, and wherever else that they do all sorts, all sorts of other. Uh, gyrations and uh, uh, as they would describe them, celebrations. But um, as a, as a small country with a relatively small population, there is an identity associated with us globally at this time of the year. Yeah, I think uh, the word is probably uh, identification. Okay. Um, if we if we confine the word identity specifically to the, uh, the definition that I gave, uh, the personal I- identity being the sameness at all times and under all circumstances, and that that is in our, our DNA sequences, and that uh, human reproduction is the base of the uh, uh, human identity of the wider population. If we confine identity to those terms, then what we're talking about when it comes to uh, being Irish and having an influence abroad and uh, enjoying ourselves on on St. Patrick's Day and, you know, recalling what uh, who St. Patrick was. And and I, I mean enjoying the, the, the culture that Ireland has given us, etc. Now, I think it would be a terrible mistake when I when I have kind of questioned the, the the term Irish identity, and I'm I'm saying, well, actually, there's no such thing. There is such a thing as uh, a, a cultural appendage that has huge influence worldwide, and that is a kind of an, an Irish flavour to uh, how we identify ourselves and how we give across a picture of what a, a, a particular culture is. And uh, this is where I, I, I think there, there, a problem ar- ar- arises because if you if you use the term identity as I I am using a strict term uh, identity, then it can look very um, how would I put it? It, very, it can look very cold and 
not it's kind of almost you're you're, you're looking at the uh, dna uh, sequences and you're saying well they're not really a warm feeling of irishness there's nothing seemingly warm about them you have to think about it a little bit uh, to, before you you understand that actually yeah our identity is 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 as warm and friendly and whatever as as anything like heritage etc but i would really and this is where i've changed the the kind of thrust of um the website uh, our own identity to incorporate things like heritage and culture and that we would realize that irish culture uh, and identity is very very rich our history is very rich and we can we can uh, at the same time as we realize that um our our our, our uh, irish so-called identity is more an identification with uh, ireland and and things irish and those things irish are uh, i think to be highly regarded and in fact uh, with with our our joining of the eu i think we get a a kind of a feeling well that's the past and we shouldn't really be um digging up our our heritage and culture etc let let the past uh go to the past and just die off i think that's a terrible mistake and i think we should be able to enjoy and resurrect all those feelings that we we have about ireland and and the the irish in that kind of overall view of heritage and culture there's something really great about it and and i i i think for example now i'm looking at um uh it, it was a a very interesting um document that that was in in our family and it 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 was something that related to a relation of of mine uh, uh, an ancestor of mine and um i had been pestering my aunt about you know where we came from and uh, who our ancestors were etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, she made contact with uh, uh, a person that i i don't know but whoever that person was they they wrote out a a chart a family tree and in the family tree was uh, one sentence that said um Timothy McDool who was my great 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 grandfather or something i think uh, something like that um was married to a sister of of Edward Bunting and Bunting was a man who um uh was responsible for looking at the irish irish culture and he there was a a, a meeting in in uh, 1792 where the har- irish harp harp harpers would come together and he started writing down the irish harp b- music but it was fascinating the the uh, the richness that was was coming about at that stage by by him doing you know carrying out that exercise and i think this is what we should remember we should not sort of just look at 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 irish culture and history and confine it to the past totally incorrect remember we're going to have to wrap up uh, 
the clock has been ticking. It's been fascinating. And we are coming to that time of the year, as I say, where globally people are going to go to an awful lot of effort to identify with us. Uh, and uh, rather than to use it as their identity. Uh, unfortunately, yes. some of the identification has negative connotations, and we continue to work to try to correct some of that. Um, if anybody wants to find you, your website is ourownidentity.com, and in there yes. you have a number of subheadings. You have blogs, and uh, well worth taking a look. You have some publications because you've uh, written also. And uh, you also are quite active on social media, uh, if anybody wants to find you out there. And uh, if I can quickly pull that up, your uh, Twitter handle is, uh, you tell me there. Um, oh, <laughs> it, yeah, uh, just one second. It's at, at, at our own identity, again, is your Twitter handle. Uh, so uh, yes. you, can find, you can find Raymond on Twitter or on his website. Uh, Raymond, I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great catching up with you again and fascinating. And again, an important year, 100 years on. Thank you very much, uh, Arthur. Much appreciate that.